Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Why Adelaide? Um... It was an interesting process. I put together a task force of my team. I sent them down here months and months ago. I gave them about 24 of the, my favorite golf courses in, in Australia. Um, but because of the footprint of what live is and the, and the logistics that are needed, we had to break that down. So they came back with uh, eight golf courses. And now obviously you've got to talk about partnerships. Uh, and that partnership comes with governments, right? And my initial call with the Premier went off extremely well. And obviously my connection here in Australia, South Australia, um, is goes deep. So um, there's a lot of uh, close ties here. And so for me, with the negotiations that started taking place at lightning speed, considering we're going to be here in April, as you say, um, I was very, very proud of the fact that they stepped up to the plate and uh, wanted it. The enthusiasm was there. The support was there. And now to see the del- delivery that we can do from a tourism and an economic standpoint to the state um, is important. But from a Lyft's perspective, golf, I'm so proud to bring some of the best of the best of the game of golf to the state and, and to Australia. And Australia is going to enjoy that. I know they're going to enjoy and love the platform and the footprint we've got. Uh, that was Greg Norman today at a joint press conference with the South Australian Premier Peter Malinowskis announcing that the first ever Live Golf Tournament will take place at the Grange in Adelaide on a four-year deal, which will bring this event uh, to South Australia uh, for the next four years. Uh, it is a major coup for South Australia, for Adelaide. This is a week after it was announced that they would get the, well, it won't be called the Magic Round, but it is the Magic Round of AFL, Round 5, when every game will be played there. Combined, uh, the Premier believes that those two events will bring something in, uh, something along the lines of $70 million uh, revenue into the local uh, and state economy. So that is a massive story, um, and this was the Premier a little earlier today. These are some of the biggest names you will find in international golf, and all of them will be right here in our city showcasing our state. So... Nick Ahern, welcome to you on a, um, well, it's a pretty big day uh, in Australian golf and that's the biggest story in and around Australian golf today. Uh, what were your thoughts? We knew that the event was coming. I don't think we really knew until maybe a couple of days ago that it was looking like it was going to be the Grange and looking like it was going to be um, in South Australia, not New South Wales, not Queensland where we thought it might have been. Hello. Hello, Sam. It's great to be here, as always, and never a dull moment, is there, (laughs) in golf at the moment. You can't turn your head one way or the other, and there's always a story coming along. So, yes, I I heard the announcement. Greg Norman obviously flew in yesterday. Well, I think it was yesterday. Made the announcements in Adelaide, as you saw. I mean, for Australian golf, that's 
that's just amazing. I think you're going to see, you know, and, and for me, whatever brings more eyeballs to the game, whatever gets kids playing, getting out there, whether it's on the golf course, whether it's on the driving range or the putt-putt, anything to do with, you know, growing the game, that term that we all love so much, well, uh, it, it should be inter- uh, fantastic. I mean, you know, all along the format that I've sort of, mentioned I'm not a real big fan of but you know when you get some of the best players and we're going to get the Aussies coming back to play there's still so much that can be tweaked I think with live golf which is the exciting part for them and for what they've done I think in the past year yeah you have to take your hat off to them I mean they've they've all of a sudden created a tour out of nothing and had eight apparently amazing events over there which worked well for them now on the global scale was it Uh, you know, historic or anything as far as golfing terms go? No, obviously, but there's still a long way to go in Mm. that sense. And as I said, you've got to take your hat off to them, but it's amazing what money can do. So when you heard uh, Peter Malinowski say, talk about the field that's going to be assembled, regardless of where they are in their career, 12 out of the last 26 majors uh, reside with live golfers. And some of the names, whether it be Cam Smith, uh, Bubba Watson, Mark Leishman, uh, there's um, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, um, Brooks Kepka, um, uh, Mickelson, of course. Well, yeah, uh, Mickelson, <laughs> of course. Did I did I say him? Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Kevin Nah, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, um, and our very own Matt Jones, um, Mark Leishman as well, and Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter. Um, it is a phenomenal field. And, and names and recognisable names in the world of golf. So my question to you is, and it's a question without notice, tell me when we've had a bigger field. I know the answer, but you tell me when there's been a better and bigger field of names assembled in Australia for a tournament. Well, probably the President's Cup, I assume, just recently would yeah. be the, the – and each President's Cup we'd have had here in Melbourne, you know, are, are the strongest golfers in the world at the time. Now, are these guys – the best golfers in the world at the moment? I, I think some of them are, for sure. I mean, obviously Cam and DJ and Neiman and those sorts of players who are still up there ranking-wise now, you know, obviously some of them have slipped back in rankings because they're not yep. getting points anymore. We all know that. So as far as name recognition goes, it is an amazing field. Now, whether they're still playing some of the best golf in their life, probably not, but, you know, so be it. Um, they've earned the right to do whatever they want with their career because professional golfers... Uh, probably treat it more as a job rather than a love of the game when you are out there playing it. So they, uh, they've they earned the right to do whatever they want with the rest of their career. Now, will it translate to some exciting golf? We're going to have to wait and see. But um, there's certainly a buzz in the air at the moment, which is a great thing, I think, for the game in general. And I have always sat on the more traditional side of the game where I, I love the history, mm. I love the, the championships and things like that. Now, it does take time to get those things going when you bring along something new. So we'll just have to wait and see, basically. <laughs> just on that, tradition, history, PGA, how things have always been, Peter Malinowskis, he's, he's a very feisty premier. I'm Is very, he? I'm, okay. I'm, 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 he didn't miss the New South Wales uh, uh, premier. Uh, Dominic Perrottet. Uh, he didn't miss um, the head of the um, NRL, um, Pete uh, Pete Valandis, uh, um, when they got the magic round in the AFL. And he hasn't missed <laughs> hasn't missed the PGA either. He was on the Today Show uh, earlier, and oh, this is what he? he had to say about the PGA. 
My, my view is the arguments against all this are coming from the USPGA, yeah. who are a, a monopolist force that are trying to keep golf to their establishment rather than sharing it in a different format with younger people across the world, including here in Australia where we've been deprived for so long. So um, we're making Adelaide a destination, AFL Magic Round, all rounds in one weekend in mid-April, and then the next weekend we've got this world-class World Elite Golf Tournament. I'm with you on the USPGA. They're a disgrace. Um, and, and the hypocrisy from them is just disgusting. Uh, and they've done nothing for golf in this country. So I'm with you on that particular part of it. Now, I, that was Peter Malinowskis, the first bit of audio, uh, the, new, the South Australian Premier. I only left in Carl Stefanovic just to get your thoughts <laughs> on, on that. Uh, but um, he didn't miss the USPGA. No, he didn't. No, for sure. And look, the PGA Tour has not done Australia any favours when it comes to scheduling because mm. of their such a long season. Now, Live Golf, as I've said before, it's I think it's good for the game because what it has done is it's changed the PGA Tour and the way they're now going to schedule their events in mm. upcoming years. They're going to shorten the season a little bit. That will allow more Aussies to come back who are playing over there to play our tournaments and and really help grow the game here as well in that regard. So it has taken a very much a kick up the butt for them to start doing those sorts of things. Now, these plans were in place, I believe, anyway, but it's just been on fast track because of Liv coming along and, and really, um, you know, rocking the boat, I guess you could say. So... That's an interesting view uh, in that regard. The PGA Tour, is it a monopoly? I don't think so. I think they've, um, you know, they've, it's where everyone has wanted to play because the best golfers, the best tournaments are there. Yes, you know, in that regard. But if you go back all those years, I think, you know, some of the best players in the world come from all over the world. And I mean, I know way back when Peter Thompson tried to create a world tour you know everyone thinks this is greg mm. norman's idea but it was actually peter thompson's idea many many years ago thinking that why don't we grow the game to you know all these other countries he actually gave up a master's invite one year because he wanted to play the indian open i believe so um you know trying to get more of a world tour is something that's definitely on the cards and unfortunately the pga tour don't really like going down that route as we know so so when you say that they're 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 not a monopoly, they have ruled with a quite an iron fist, and and the criticism has been that, and especially as it came to light during COVID, that they are sitting on tons and tons of cash, and the percentage yes yes we know that the players are very well paid, and they will now be better even better paid, especially those who don't win the big tournaments, um, in light of what they've had to do to try and keep the golfers there. But it did come to light that maybe the the players given how much money the PGA, USPGA had, how much they were getting was a very small slice of the overall pie. Well, the, the PGA Tour players are very well compensated. Yeah, they are, but in comparison. <laughs> I mean, when we look at... So uh, if they hadn't have had that pie, right, what, what you're talking about, mm. they wouldn't have had a tour through COVID. They self-funded a mm. lot of those tournaments. Okay. They paid out hundreds of millions of dollars to get those tournaments going. Every company, I assume, has reserves, um, from a business perspective, mm. you, you would imagine. Now, they also donate a boatload to charity. I mean, billions of dollars to charity. So, But they have also demanded, too, that you have to play, if you want to keep your cards, you've got to play X amount of, and that, X amount of tournaments, and that has been what has prevented Australian golfers from coming back, as you mentioned mm. earlier. So whilst there might, maybe it's not a monopoly, but it certainly has been ruled with an iron fist 
with yeah. very little care about any other golfing <laughs> um, tour around the world. Sure. Yeah. Would, that, would that be fair? Uh, in a way. In a yeah. way, I think. It doesn't stop Aussie players from... I mean, look, I played yeah. the PGA Tour for eight or nine years. I came back to Australia and played tournaments. So yeah. when people well, say... that was going to be my next question. Your personal experience. My what personal experience is the PGA Tour were fantastic to, yep. with, for me. They looked after me and my family while I was over there. They treated players incredibly well. And I made the decision, well, I want to keep coming back home to Australia and play. Did I miss out on events over there and, and get a head start? Absolutely. But I backed myself and thought, well, I can, I'm good enough to keep playing throughout the year. There's plenty yeah. of tournaments to play and don't worry. And that's one of their issues. They have too many tournaments and they realise that and they're yeah. going to start uh, cutting back that schedule as well. So yeah, we can go on for hours with this sort of a discussion. At the end of the day, I think everything going on with Liv is good for golf. Yeah. Um, the other tours are now obviously having to seriously sharpen their pencils as to what they do and how they go about their scheduling and their prize mm. money. The winners in all this is the players. What I hope wins down the track is the fans and people that are getting into the game. That's the whole goal yeah, of it all. That's a great, great point, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, we, we spend a lot of time talking about the 1%, the, you know, the, the people that are at the top of the tree, in the penthouse, whatever analogy um, you want to use. But... It is all about who. How are you in your sport captivating hearts, capturing capturing hearts and minds, and inspiring the young, the next kid uh, to pick up a golf club and to make it their life's passion and life's goal to be the next Cameron Smith or the next um, you know Dustin Johnson or the next Minji Lee or Hannah Green or whoever it might be, because it's essentially you, this is how you do it in Australia. Mm. You've got you you got to bring big names. You have got to bring big tournaments. You got people. People want to see the very best, and we just haven't had that here. No, we haven't for quite some time. And it's, in a way, it's a bit like the analogy of a golf club. You know, the future of golf club is the juniors. So mm. they're the ones you should be looking after and nurturing yeah. and, and, and bringing through in the game. Now, do golf clubs do that to the best of their ability? I think they're getting better at it for mm. sure. But that's, in a in a weird sort of way, a similar vein as what we're talking about here. But the future of golf, if the fans don't watch, well, professional golfers, they won't be around because no one's going to watch them. Now, we, yeah. now what creates excitement, buzz, difference, that's what, you know, we're looking for. And we're always looking for new and different ways to do that. So, and live is part of it, I assume. Um, interesting conversation that um, the boss of the Australian PGA had with Jared Waitley earlier today, Gavin Kirkman. It's an interesting position for them because we're in the middle of the Australian summer at the moment. We're going to speak to Andrew Martin, who just won the Vic PGA at Moona Lynx uh, over the weekend. Bendigo Boy, I'm very much looking forward to speaking to him. There's the Queensland PGA this week, and uh, we're set for a huge summer with our biggest names predominantly in attendance. So it's going to be a massive Australian golfing summer. Um, Gavin Kirkman spoke to Jared Waitley earlier today and, um, and just gave... It was a fantastic chat, sen.com.au, but was asked about their view officially of Liv coming to town. Well, there's, there's so many still unknowns. Um, I think we've got to stay open-minded, but with all the unknowns, you know, from world ranking points, um, court cases still going on with DP World Tour and PGA Tour, I think we've got to stay open-minded. But, you know, our alliance with the DP World Tour um, working through to the PGA Tour has primarily been to what's best for our players to make their way um, through Australia, through, through Asia, Asia, over to Europe, Corn Ferry Tour, onto the PGA Tour to play major golf championships, play for their country in President's Cup and or Olympics. 
and the same for our women golfers to create pathways for them all to play against the best on the world stage. It's certainly not a hard line stance, is it? It certainly felt to me, Nick, an open mind to this. And I think that's exactly where Gavin's coming from and the fact that uh, that is where he should be because, as he mentioned, he has an alliance with the DP World Tour, with the PGA Mm. Tour. These pathways they're looking at creating is so important for the young pros coming through. There are so many questions with Live Golf as to how they're going to create those pathways for their players. Um, That's a big question as Mm. to how do you get into Live? I really don't know, to be honest, unless you get asked by Greg or you have mates that are playing there. I I actually don't know how you you get involved with Live. And in a way, you know, in Gavin's position, uh, it's almost like comparing stocks. You know, you've got your blue chip where you've got, you're going to go down that road. There's going to be growth. You know, it'll work over time. Or you've got your speculative, you know, which is live golf in this sense. Now, it may just absolutely kill it. Might be Bitcoin, who knows? Yeah. But then again, it might be the, the one which just completely imploded the other day as well. So there's another analogy for you in that regard. <laughs> oh, there we go. Is live golf Bitcoin? There, Nick Ahern asking the big questions. The, the last question before we move on, because we, we, we've got so much to cover, uh, results from PGA and from uh, at home as well, and and what Minji Lee's been able to do another seven figure payday for her, and you won't believe the circumstances in which she was able to do it. Um, is this? Let's just say that this four years goes off brilliantly. That Adelaide becomes you've got to be there this tournament. It goes off perfectly. Do you think that the PGA might then have to try and get a foothold in Australia again? Because in the next four years, what you're talking about might be established. Here's the pathway. Here's how you as an Australian golfer can be part of LIV. If it's not going anywhere, then what does the PGA need to do to make sure that they don't lose every good Australian golfer, a top-line Australian golfer, to LIV? And if they did try to come here with an event or give it some love down under, would it be too little too late? That's a good question. You're talking PGA Tour, right? PGA, yeah, the P- US PGA. PGA yeah. Tour, yeah. Well, again, they a while ago they tried creating some pathways with what's now the Corn Ferry Tour. Now, mm. I heard something the other day that they're going to start doing that again, but I don't know which tournament or what. So if those four years, we're, we're mm. going lo- to know so much more in four years' time, yeah. that's for sure. Um, I don't see at the moment with the PGA Tour, there is no incentive at the moment for them to align mm. with Liv because... They've upped their prize money. They've done this assurance program. All the best players that they want to keep are still there. Mm. If they lose someone like Cantley and Shoffley, who, you know, has been in the works, but apparently that's not happening. But who knows again? Um, if those players, if they keep losing good players, then something's going to have to mm. happen in the, on, from them. And it might not, not, it might not just be us in Australia because we, t- we thump our fist and stamp our feet, but there's a lot of other countries around the world that, that, that golfers go and play in the US PGA, if, if it can happen here and we decide that this is a live golf country because they've planted the flag, I wonder where else it might happen. So that's going to be so curious over the next few yeah, years. No, where I'd... where do you give the love to those who have, feel like oh, they haven't had it from I'm... the best golfers, you know, elite golfing tournaments? Yeah, another place would be South Africa for sure. Yeah. I think that would be one as well. Uh, it's a it's a massive story and one that will live is obviously looking like it's not going away and um, that is a major coup uh, as far as a huge event for South Australia. So congratulations to them. 
Uh, we've got plenty more to cover, and you can get involved. one 736 736 Andrew Martin, who just won the Vic PGA, is going to join us. Uh, the ping, how to play your best golf tip of the week, will uh, obviously occur. And then our course of the week, thanks to Big Swing Golf, you can get involved. one 736 736 This is Off the Tee on SEN. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. A couple coming through off the text with all the talk from Rory and the other top PGA golfers. I'm quite surprised they couldn't make it down this year, even if it was only to protect the brand. Money Talks has come through, asking about the best fields assembled in Australia. Jeff says the Bicentennial Classic for a tournament as opposed to a team event. Um, and Jeff's saying there might be 13 major winners after early April that are coming out uh, to Australia. Uh, let's go through a couple of results here because Andrew Martin's going to join us after 8.30. Just won the Vic PGA after finishing tied for fifth last year. Um, Tony Finau is becoming a bit of a phenom. Finau the phenom, he Finau certainly is. Finau the phenom, but we got, I wonder if he's patented that um, <laughs> uh, already. But he's just won, um, just won the Houston Open, a four-shot win um, can I just give you a stat that I found um, for, for, from uh, Golfing Digest? You're going to steal my stat, aren't you? Oh, no, well, you no, do it then. A, no, Is it a go. Sean Martin one? No, 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 no. No, okay. No, oh, no well, you go first. No, you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, con- so convivial in here. Uh, congenial. Um, according to Sean Martin, PGAtour.com, Finau became just the seventh PGA Tour winner in the past two decades to lead a field in driving accuracy and greens in regulation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that works. If you if you drive yeah. it well and then you hit greens. I hear that's important. That's fairly Nick, important. <laughs> All he's got to do is hold a couple of putts and he'll kill yeah. it, which he did, obviously. Didn't um, he ever? He is one of the best ball strikers in the world. Now, the only yeah. stat I was going to go with was he's won four of his last 30 tournaments, which is huge. It took him forever to win his first. Yeah. And then 200 and whatever. No, I don't was know it, how many events it was. Was it 2017? I think he won. Was it 2017 that he won his first? And then he didn't mm. win, no, 2016 that he won um, his first, which was the Puerto Rico Open. And then he, it took till 2021 when he won the Northern Trust. He beat Cam Smith. So it was a five-year wait. But then since then, August 2021, July 2022 won the 3M. July as well he won the Rocket Mortgage. And now in November he's won the, the Houston Open. Yeah, he's on a run. It's just yep. – uh, and. He's one of those players, when he gets hot, it is so exciting to watch. Mm. He hits the ball an absolute mile. It's his three-iron past my driver, which isn't that hard <laughs> anyway. But uh, <laughs> but he's um, he's got a great personality too, and I know a lot of the players love him, and, and he's great in the locker room, and obviously he's been good in those team formats, you know, the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. But uh, played some amazing golf, four-stroke stroke winners you mentioned over, over the rookie Tyson Alexander, which is a huge week for him. He birdied the last, I believe, to do that. Out of the Aussies, Jason Day still playing well. He was the only another, Aussie in the yeah. field. Uh, tied 16th, closed with a 68, which was uh, another solid result. He's, he's racking up a lot of those 15th, 20th, 25th sort of positions, which means his game's really turning around, obviously, and there's a fine line between that and something pretty special, and I think he's really close. Um yeah, it's great to see Jason Day. I think we all are happy when Jason Day um, is, is playing good golf. Um, Minji Lee has done something pretty extraordinary um, as well. I don't know if you saw this. Um, she's just got her second seven-figure payday for this season. So she got $1.8 million for winning the US Open in June. 
a million dollars she's just won for the season-long Aon Risk Reward Challenge. Mm. Now, this can you fill us in on exactly sure. how this works? Because it's a season-long sort of competition within the, within the uh, LPGA competition. I believe so, yes. So last year, actually, another West Australian, Hannah Green won. So that's two years in yeah. a row the WA girls have taken it out. I believe, again, I'm not exactly sure, but what, what they used to do something similar on the PGA Tour where each tournament uh, allocates one hole as their risk-reward hole. So they'll take your score on that hole for the whole field, and then the next tournament they'll do the same. So it's basically one of those holes where you might be able to make eagle or a birdie mm. or whatever. Yeah, add that up cumulatively at the end of the year, and the most under par wins this prize. And obviously Minji Lee has done it and won the million dollars. But she must have had a, a such a lead that she didn't even have to play the last event to do it. No, she didn't. The Pelican Women's Championship, Hannah Green finished tied for fourth. Nelly Corder um, won that event. Um, the... She is going to have a chance to to add to that. Um, the tournament that's coming up um, this week is is a massive one, a huge payday. Um, there's a chance that she it's got. Uh, I think it's two point two million. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, the CME Championship, yeah. the, the the last event for the women uh, on the schedule. The top sixty make it, and it was interesting watching the LPGA this week. How there was so much fluctuations because number one there was a top hundred to keep your card. That was up for grabs and then top 60 to get in the CME Global Challenge. I think it is the final event. So there was so much going on in that regard. There was a lady, uh, Maria Fassi. She played in mm. the, the last... No, she was playing with Lexi Thompson who almost won. She came second. But Maria Fassi had to two-putt the last to get into the CME Championship, which is a big payday. And unfortunately, she three-putted, so she didn't get in. So there's all these little backstories going on within the event. But Nellie Corder's had an amazing year. You know, she's mm. had suffered injuries. She had a blood clot in a vein in one of her arms. She had time off, and she's really coming strong at the end of the year. Shot 64 to win by one over Lexi. is incredible. DP, well, too, a good, some good results and good finishes for a couple of Aussies. Yeah, no, it was, um, let's see, we had, uh, first of all, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, won the uh, Nedback Challenge over there the, at the Gary Player Country Club in South Africa. Uh, it, was, it used to be called the Million Dollar Sun City event, I think, something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what a million dollars now just doesn't seem like a lot, does mm. it? But Fleetwood, that was his first win in three years. He was ill on Thursday morning, wasn't even going to tee it up, ended up with yeah. a one-shot win over Ryan Fox, who bogeyed the last hole, unfortunately. But Ryan Fox, I just got to say, what a year he has had. 23 starts, two wins, four seconds, eight top fives, ten top tens, and his world ranking went from 217 to 23. Just amazing. Uh, the Aussies in the field, you've got to fill me in on that one. I, I didn't actually uh, check Min up Wu on Lee, that one. tied for eighth. Okay. Um, has has had some really good results since he went across to the, the DP. Um, Lucas Herbert finished tied for 25th. That's his last uh, tournament before he comes home. Same with Min Wu Lee before they come home and play the Australian Summer. We are star-studded for the major events of the Australian Summer. Um, just before I ask you about some interesting comments from Scott Hend, mm. um, you, there was a, an incredibly young winner on the LET tour. There was, yes. Yeah, 16-year-old Kiara, I'm not sure how to, this connect pronunciation, N-O-J-A, Noja, Noja, I'm not sure. 16-year-old Kiara Noja, won the Aramco Team Series individual title in Jeddah in a playoff against none other than her childhood idol, Charlie Hull. Now, Charlie Hull is not that old. I think she's around 30. So <laughs> she's already got a childhood idol and just beat her in a playoff. She took a break in mock exams because she's obviously in year 11, I think, and uh, took a bit of a 
break, had a sponsor's invite, flew over and won the golf tournament. Just an amazing event. She's bit in that Nelly quarter mold, tall, thin and hips the ball an absolute mile. So there's a star of the future in the making right there. And also, while we're at it, uh, on the Asian tour, someone who did play the first live event, former US amateur champion Andy Ogletree, won his first pro win. Uh, event in the international series in egypt shot a final round 62 so got to play the first live event got kicked out and has been sort of struggling since but good to see him playing well over there and i've got to give a shout out to steve alka the new zealander who just won the charles schwab cup which is the um the final series that's a year-long challenge on the champions tour in the u.s what an amazing turnaround in in Steve Olker's career, he has dominated the seniors tour, absolutely dominated. I mean, he was a Monday qualifier in 2021 and now he's the best over 50 golfer in the world. Can I ask you about Scott Hend, uh, represented Australia at the 2016 Olympics, 15 professional wins, 10 on the Asian tour, third most all time, three on the European tour, had an incredible career. He's back um, for the Australian summer for the first time since 2019. He's going to play the, uh, the Queensland PGA uh, at Nudgee, which is this weekend, and he's going to play the Australian PGA at Royal Queensland, but he's refusing to play in the Australian Open because he doesn't like the new format. Now, he's been called a sexist elite. He um, rejects that. Um, what he believes, and I'm just going to read exactly from the quotes, my words were, I believe the Australian Open is such a prestigious event that the women and the men deserve their own week for the event. There's equal prize money at this, $1.7 million, as well as separate trophies for the male, uh, men's and the women's. He said, it's nothing about being against women playing golf. It's nothing about the prize money being equal. It's just about the event having the history of how long the event has been going for, that both men and women should have their own week to shine. What do you think of that? Uh, one less player for everyone else to beat, basically. <laughs> Scott, if you want to take the week off, you go right ahead. But I can't see why this is an issue. The Australian Open tennis, what do they do? The men and the women play in the same place together at yep. the same time. So why don't we do it in golf? I mean, I think it's a great idea. Last year we had the Australian mm. PGA Championship at Royal Queensland. Men and women playing in the same, not in the same event, but at the same time. It was an incredible event. Unfortunately, they're not, they're not doing it this year, but it is at the Australian Open. It's going to be, I think, the highlight on our calendar this summer. Brilliantly said, I, I can't add anything more other than the fact that I think it's an antiquated view and it's someone who's very much mired uh, in the past. And if we are really talking about how special an event this is, then why can't it be just as special by having all the men and the women there getting an even bigger crowd for those that would have been at both events to celebrate Australian golf in its entirety mm. as a community? And it's playing on Kingston Heath and Victoria Golf Club, two of the best courses in the country. It's just incredible. Uh, and in the world. Uh, they're in both the world, in the top yeah. 100 in the world. For sure. Yeah, uh, I think Kingston Heath's in the top 20, maybe even the uh, top 10. It's in the top 20 in the latest one that came out, I'm fairly sure. Maybe it's... Wouldn't surprise me. Top 25. Okay. I've got to check it. <laughs> <laughs> this is Off The Tee. We're going to speak to Vic PGA winner Andrew Martin on the other side of this. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. After a tremendous fairway wood onto the green... Andrew Martin needs only two putts for the win at the fifth playoff hole. He's a winner on the Australasian PGA Tour for a second time. Well, what a culmination it was to the Vic PGA at Moona Lynx. After producing a best round of the day, four under 68, 
Andrew Martin, Bendigo boy, which I'm absolutely wrapped about and wrapped for him. A five-hole playoff, Nick Ahern, to clinch that title, as we heard in the commentary, his second on the Australasian PGA, and he's been good enough to jump on the phone with Australasian us. Australasian P. That's not the one. This is the one. Uh, Andrew Martin, hello, mate. How you going, guys? We're all the better for speaking to you. Just got to say congratulations First and foremost, you, you, you do put in the hours and you put in the hard yards uh, on the tour to see you get that success. I was absolutely wrapped for you. What did it mean to you to sink that part after a five-hole playoff and get that win? Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was a, a sort of a long day. Mill Lynx was a, a brood of a golf course um, at the best of times. So to, to go another five holes, especially on the 18th, which um, is no wet up there, it was... Uh, it was good to, to get it over the line in the end, but, yeah, it was definitely a, a long day. <laughs> uh, Nick O'Hearn here, uh, Andrew, just a fantastic win. I was doing the commentary uh, all day, and, you know, when Lincoln Tire came up the 18th, we thought, oh, looks like it might be over, and then obviously we saw what happened with the shank out of the bunker, and all of a sudden we, we go another hour and a half, basically. But I tell you, your putting display you did on those playoff holes, I mean, that hole probably... You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a hole to play up against Lincoln Ty and those guys, it probably wouldn't be the 18th. But your putter was unbelievably on fire. Is that you know been something common for you for of recent late, or is it just on those playoff holes where where it just happened? Um, no, nah, usually um, my putting is probably one of my I would say one of my strengths in my game. Um, yeah, competing against Lincoln with the length is um, yeah oh, I can't compete with that so. Um, yeah, so pretty much my my putting is where I try and focus a lot on and um, short game. Um, I do a lot with uh, with my coach Darren Cole. So uh, we work sort of well, I work pretty hard on that. And um, yeah, so I do a lot of it sort of by myself. Cole um, gives me a couple of um, tips on the putting. Like it's very for me, it's very um, natural. Um, I do my I've got my drills I like doing so. Technique-wise, um, yeah, there's only a few things that Coley sort of gets me to sort of make sure I check up on, but, yeah, so. Beautiful. Well, just keep doing what you're doing in that regard because the hole looked as big as a bucket to me. It was very impressive. Now, uh, this coming week, we've got the Queensland PGA. I'm assuming you're up there, and if you are, uh, how does it look? At, uh, how does the golf course set up for you? Yeah, no, I, I've been out to the golf course. I was doing uh, early this morning. Um, but yeah, I didn't go out on course today. I just thought I'd sort of just sort of get back on the sort of did some putting and got on the range. Just took it a little bit easy. We've got a, a, a big stretch coming up, so um, I'll I'll head out and have a look at course tomorrow in the pro am. Um, played here last year, so looks looks good from um, the clubhouse because it sort of overlooks everything. So um, a little bit dry from from looking at it, it looks a little bit dry compared to last year. We had a bit of rain last year, but um, from, from the guys who've been out there, they said it's, yeah, it's it's looking really good. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it should be a good week. The weather looks good. Um, so, yeah, hopefully just the form can continue and um, try and sort of work these greens out up here and hopefully hold some more parts. Uh, Andrew, the big story today that South Australia have secured the Live tournament. Um, Live's been a, a real disruptor in the world of golf. Uh, do you have a personal view on its um, entrance 
into the golfing landscape and, and, and what that tournament might be? Would you be keen to play it? Like, how do you view what's happening in, in, in golf at the moment? Because it's the biggest, uh, I suppose, point of upheaval in, in golf's history. Yeah, um, I did see that uh, yesterday, the announcement, just on the sort of social media stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, I think, um, yeah, I, well, I'm, it's, I've watched a little bit of it. It's pretty sort of, it's different, it's exciting um, as for spectators anyway. They seem like they have some good time at, uh, on the course and watching. But, yeah, I guess I've, I'm 38, I've been pro for a fair while now and it was just good to get my second win so um, my goal now is just to focus on where I am playing the, the PGA of Australasia and and just trying to uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to take any opportunities that come to me um, but yeah, just at the moment I'll just stick to my focus on where I am and yeah, just whatever comes comes um, and you know, that's all I can sort of control. So, um, yeah, that's probably my sort of best no, way of all good. It. All good. Now, uh, Andrew, you, you mate, you you had a tied for third uh, at the WA PGA, so you've just had a win, Vic PGA. Um, we've got some of the biggest names in Australian golf coming back for some major events of the Australian Summit. You're coming into those events in really nice touch. How's the confidence levels at the moment with what's to come for the Australian Summer? Yeah, well, um, obviously my confidence is quite high at the moment. Um, as you said, some, some good results. And, and probably, to be fair, the, the two courses that probably um, probably don't suit my game as much as um, some other ones. So it was good to, uh, to play well on those and get confidence um, leading into, I guess, the, like you said, the two big events coming up um, that are probably going to be set up probably quite long and, and firm, I would imagine. So to have two two good finishes and, um, on a, on two quite long courses, um, yeah, it's a well, it's a big confidence booster for me. To be fair, um, so yeah, no, game's in great shape. And um, the big thing I've been doing is just sort of sticking to how I how I play, not try and sort of get sort of brought into the the power game and just just focus on what play to my strengths really. Hey, just the last one before I let you go, uh, Andy. The, um, the the Australian Open. We've just been talking about the merits of having it uh, with both the men's and the women's playing at the same time. It feels like a great celebration of, of of all things golf in the country. Do you like the format? Do you, are you liking where the tournaments are going? You played a few of them now, where it's been both the men's and the women's. Uh, how does it sit with you? Yeah, I, I think. Um for golf in Australia, it's a, it's a good good um, opportunity to show, showcase golf um, for men and uh, women in Australia. And it works so well down at Thurnes Beach. So um, with the format that we're sort of playing for the Aussie Open. So, yeah, I can't see um, what's not going to work there. It might be a little bit different over the two courses. Um, you know, like at least at 13th, it's all on the one one course, uh, one property, I guess. Um, but no, I, I'm, it sits comfortable with me. Um, you know, like it's again just one of those ones where 
a good opportunity for some of the, the up and coming girls and to play. I guess we did that for the uh, Australian PGA last year. Um, same sort of thing. So, yeah, for me, it, it's 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 good. It's a good chance um, to play against some of you know like Hannah Green, like she's world class um, in the women women's um, tour and that. So uh, yeah, no, it's it fits fine with me. It's um, another tour- good tournament. Excuse me, I can play um, and yeah, just you know more more the merrier and. At least golf's back. Um, yeah. It feels like this year it's 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 as big as bigger as ever. So yeah. Uh, great stuff, mate. Absolutely wrapped for you. Uh, I know the folks would have been as well in Bendigo and the whole town uh, as well. And for you, uh, great to get that win with what's to come in the summer. Congratulations. Good luck this weekend um, at the Queensland, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, congrats, Andrew. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Andrew Martin just won the Vic PGA, the Queensland PGA this weekend, and in nice touch uh, for the Australian summer ahead. Now, Nick, we, uh, we've got to come back on the other side of this and get your ping uh, how to play your best golf tip of the week and our course of the week, all thanks to Big Swing Golf. That's next on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Uh, the Ping Golf, how to play your best golf tip of the week. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Nick Ahern's book is How to Play Your Best Golf. So this is Synergy of the Highest Order and Long Time uh, Collaborators with you, Nick. So let me ask you this. Andrew Martin just spoke about the fact that he doesn't have the length to compete with the big hitter, so he just has to worry about what he can do and what he's good at on the golf course. What are your tips for players who are getting around, playing against those who are getting bulk distance? It can get in your head. It did for me as a kid. <laughs> So how do you combat that? Well, I, I was in the Andrew Martin mould. I was a very short hitter on tour, probably the bottom 10 guys as far as distance went. So length was not a factor for me. I never really worried about it, especially with the driver. Uh, my theory, you know, if I want to hit a seven iron further, I'd use a six iron. I wouldn't try and hit it any harder. I'd just take one extra club. <laughs> it's just the drive. It's simple. It, but the driver is obviously what you want to get the most out of. However, play to your strengths is, is the biggest thing, and Andrew does that really well. If you can't hit the ball over certain things, don't even try. Go around them. Um, and then and then really it's about trying to work your way around the golf course uh, to the best of your ability. If you have, say, you're an 18 handicapper and you get a shot on every particular hole. If you come to a par four that's quite challenging, don't play it as a par four, play it as a par five. Lay it up short of the green, pitch it on. You might make a putt for four, but the worst score you're going to have is probably a five. So play play uh, tougher holes, um, one above their par is what I'm saying. That way you play them with less stress. It frees you up a little bit more. You're not so you know stressed out about trying to hit a par, you know, hit a par four in two or a par five in three when you don't actually have to if you have a stroke on the hole. So bogey never hurts you, trust me. Ping Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit and custom built for you to play your best. Use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. The book, How to Play Your Best Golf. Hey, just in the 30 seconds we've got left, um, one of the very, very, uh, one of the many courses you can play at Big Swing Golf, Big Swing Golf, indoor golf, real fun, fast, bigswinggolf.com.au. Royal Melbourne, sixth-ranked uh, course in the world in the uh, top 100. Did you play there today? I, I might have had a round around the West Course. It was unbelievable. It's just one of my favourite courses in the world.
Well, we're going to hear more about that uh, in about three weeks when the Australian Open uh, takes place there. Play the featured court. You can play it, though, at Big Swing Golf. Book at bigswinggolf.com.au. If you missed anything, it's up on the podcast. So much to talk about. We didn't even get to speak about Cam Smith begging the majors to make let the Live Golf major winners play. We'll have to do that next week. Next time. Until then, uh, enjoy the rest of your night. The Global Games are up next. Matilda's in action. Plenty to talk about. See you again. We'll speak to you soon. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.